Um, everybody give a warm welcome to April Hammonds. <laughs> to the man in the back. <laughs> April um, is uh, just doing such a beautiful job with the children's ministry and is a beautiful pastor to our children and loves them so much. And um, she is a, a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and has experience that you'll want to learn from. Um, we have always wanted to be a house of religious education, something that is going to provide a lot of different things for all different ages and people. And this is our very first parenting workshop that we are offering as house church. And there's no better person that I could think to teach it than April Hammonds. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, so I get a little nervous doing this, but I wrote up a little thing because I always forget what I'm going to say. So I'm going to kind of read about the book. But basically, let me read this little quote real quick because I was going to forget. I'm trying to take too long. Okay. It says, if a child doesn't know how to read, we teach. If a child doesn't know how to swim, we teach. If a child doesn't know how to multiply, we teach. If a child doesn't know how to behave, we punish. That's by John Herner in 1998. Um, so I would add to challenging behaviors, you know, having difficult emotions and acting stuff out that's inconvenient, all of those things, we punish that because we don't have time often or take time to deal with those things. And what I'm going to be using is a book called Managing Emotional Mayhem, and it is one of the books that is on the website for Conscious Discipline. Conscious Discipline, just to give you a short piece of that is by Becky Bailey, and it is a award-winning, trauma-informed, evidence-based, social-emotional learning program. Um, according to a report by the Harvard Graduate School of Education, conscious discipline has been shown to reduce aggression, hyperactivity, and conduct problems among children. It's used by a lot of schools. They do have a parenting book, but they're just growing so exponentially that they haven't had time to kind of revisit, and the parenting book is older, so I went with this, Managing Emotional Mayhem. It's more geared probably to younger children, but all of these skills would be a blessing and help you in dealing with, I would even say, all the way up to adults. I've been using it for six or seven years at CAP Tulsa, and um, it's really powerful uh, tools to help us learn how to control our emotional state, because our state determines our children's state, and we can't teach anything until we're in a conscious, aware state of our, for ourselves. And then we can begin to teach our children how to deal with their emotions, which affects their behaviors and their academic growth and all of those things. So I'm shaking. But anyway, so that's the short little synopsis for this. And so I am no expert, but I'm going to facilitate and share the things that I've learned on four Saturdays from 10 to 12. And we do have child care. She is an expert. She has raised two beautiful children herself, and she has been in the in in education for over a decade and has been a children's pastor when jerry was a pastor at jerry's church everybody look over jerry make him feel weird <laughs> <laughs> what'd he say we were both married to other people that was a long time ago but yeah how you and a lot of you <laughs> how you gonna bring that in here right now anyway okay. fast forward so parenting workshop the first one is this saturday from 10 to 12 here at the church, and we will have child care provided. And if you are interested in joining this parenting workshop, please see April right during the uh, Grace and Peace and let her know of your interest. We don't have an official way for you to sign up, but I really do need this to happen because it's happening next week, right? Yes. All 
Also, I just want to say it's not just for parents, but anybody who works with children, has grandchildren, or around children, fostering children, anything. And while I'm up here, if you are interested in working with children at our church and would like to come back and help once a month with the older children or the younger children, um, we do do a background check, and I talk to you a little bit and share some of the tools and the things that we do. But if you're interested in that, we always can use someone who really wants to love children and grow and learn from them and with them. So if you're interested in that, that's always just talk to me. Beautiful. Warm hand clap for her. Thank you so much, April. Thank you. Please mark your calendars. There will be no church on Memorial Day weekend. No church on Memorial Day weekend. Everybody say no church. No church. No church here. But wherever two or more are gathered, there you be. So there you're going to have church wherever you are. House Church is going to celebrate pride. Um, I've been telling you to go and, and talk to Kelly Kemp, but don't talk to Kelly Kemp because that makes her nervous. Sorry, Kelly. We didn't mean to make you nervous. Um, the, uh, I want, listen, if I could just be really honest, I love to have a presence at Pride. I even like it when we wear whatever T-shirt we have. But I'm not a huge fan of walking in the parade. Can I just be honest about that? It is usually blistering hot. I usually come to Sunday morning like heat stroke, exhausted. And I, if someone, like a social committee, pride, social justice committee, were to just spring up from within this church and you wanted to take and run with how House Church wants to be represented at Pride, please talk to me. I will release you to plan that and help you and support you however we can, financially or otherwise. We have done a number of different things for Pride over the years, and coming out of the pandemic, just honestly, we're just now getting our skis under us, being back in here, and I'm feeling the financial stress a little bit because all of our bills are back up to full. And so I'm like, how do we pay for Pride? I mean, Pride's about a 1000 bucks. And then, you know, we, we're not working on like a half million dollar budget here. We're working on like more of a $100,000 budget around here. So it's like, how do we really justify that after we're just getting up and going? So that's kind of where my head is at. Um, but just going down like maybe and handing out water, I love that kind of thing. I love going out and, hand, and wearing our pastor hugs or our mom hugs or all that kind of stuff, our house church hugs, and just being there for people, being there to advocate, being there to mediate between all the screaming haters, you know, and just kind of being a presence among the people. I don't necessarily like being behind being stuck there. I like being in and around it, but that's just kind of my personality. But if there's some other folks in here that are like, you know what, I have a vision for how House Church could be at, at Pride, please let me know and let's talk about it because we have about six weeks to, before it's time. Pride is at the end of, uh, yeah, so it's coming up quick. Okay, great. Um, baptisms and Conscious Commitment Ceremony, mark your calendar, Sunday, July 17th. This is going to be for adults and for um, children that are coming of age. Our culture, um, as a whole, lacks ceremony. We lack markers in people's lives that allow space between what would otherwise be a, the run-on sentence of life. So I want this culture in this house to be a house of ceremony when someone's ready to make a decision about something, when there's a coming of age, when there is a baptism. So I'm gonna be preparing us, and so is April, um, from now until July 27th, 
I'm going to, we're going to be preparing this house for what it means to prepare one's heart to be an open space for ceremony and ritual. And I just think it's going to be a beautiful thing. I don't have all the particulars, but you don't have to sign up for this kind of a thing. Just be thinking about it. Thinking about if this is going to be you, if this is going to be you at, at this point. When we had the baby dedication for um, the littlest brown among them, um, and remember how everybody stood up and affirmed and the, the congregation had something to say and then we all kind of came around? We do you know that our 11, 12, and 13-year-olds were like, I want that. I want to do that. I want the church to surround me and echo to me. Yes, I see you. Yes, you belong here. Yes, you, you, you belong in this house, and we're here to support and walk with you. So I say, like, yes to that. Let, let's make that happen. All right, why don't you stand with me? Today feels good in here, doesn't it? Kind of <laughs> it kind of feels like a, a neat vibe in here. Hmm. Have we prayed? Have we prayed yet? Is somebody theologically gonna tell me everything is prayer and that we've already been doing it? You would. <laughs> How about this? How about let's make sure that our souls have caught up with our bodies. You know, we have our bodies right here, but our souls might still be back at home. Our souls might be already forward and after church, wondering what we're going to do, where we're going to go. But we take just a moment to settle ourselves into the space. I like to close my eyes doing that. You can do that too. Let me take a deep breath. gracious and loving God we acknowledge that your presence is among us invoked or uninvoked you are with us we have come into this house on this day to pay attention to pivot our souls in your direction to provide a space I pray a peace and a calm over this house. I pray a settling in bodies, a healing in bodies. I thank you for the quiet space and thank you for this family. We are safe here. That feels good. Thank you for creating a safe place for us, God. We acknowledge your presence in ourselves and in one another as we extend our grace and peace to one another. Let us be mindful of the Christ within us and in the one whom we touch. Amen. God bless you as you welcome one another to the space.
Let's go ahead and have a seat. Jesus for your presence, mercy, mercy and mercy and mercy. Mercy and grace attends us. Thank the Lord God forever for the worship, for the glory, for the presence, for the anointing, for the presence. Hallelujah. Yes. Well, Amber, please come forth and bless us with your peace. Peace blessing, everybody give Amber a warm welcome. Good morning. I do this because I want you to have peace. Is that a good enough reason? Well, I, I write a lot, and I was writing peace blessings during the like beginning part of the pandemic for myself, and then started writing them for you so that I could share the peace. Peace to those who feel too broken to be loved, covering up your cracks and hoping no one notices. But the cracks are where the light and fresh air meet your wounds for healing, and they are also how the light gets out to the world. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to those who learn everything the hard way because someone said you shouldn't do it or because you believe it really will be different this time. But you have already proven that you can do hard things. So maybe it's time to see that you can do easy things too. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to those who feel exhausted from always swimming upstream at your job or at relationships or at life in general. You've been fighting the current for so long, but you were created to know rest. So maybe today you can let your body be carried to the riverbank. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the ones who keep making yourselves small to fit into spaces you've outgrown to make others more comfortable, folding yourself end over end until you can no longer recognize the shape that you're in. But you were meant to stand tall arms outstretched like a superhero and let the spirit flow in and out of your growing limbs because you are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the ones eating someone else's leftover love because you don't think you deserve to take a seat at the table. Lapping up whatever scraps happen to fall to the floor. But you were meant to eat freely and fully of a love that never runs out from a seat that bears your name because you are the beloved in Christ. Peace to you. Everybody say, Amber, you are more than enough. (laughs) I say yes to that. You know, in the spirit of people first and taking our time, 
in the spirit of going slow to go fast, the spirit of not being only a cranking out machine of working people too hard or um, not paying attention to when they're saying, I'm tired and I need a break. Our band is still in their reset. So I know that for many of you, singing and worship and music is a vital part of your worship experience. And so we're not going to be short on singing today. We're just not going to have the regular way of the band because they are sitting out and among, among you. And so just give them a warm hand of, of, of praise and thanks that we are paying attention to people's rest and their needs and stuff. You know, nobody's a full-time paid employee around here. You know, everybody is doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Um, and so it's just a blessing that we can go at our own pace and give people the things that they need. That said, we, have, uh, we do have a special uh, couple of guests in the house this morning. Um, Pastor Heidi's mom and sister are here sitting right next to her. Um, just welcome you guys. Welcome you here. Um, and I think that um, even though uh, we're not going to do the full band thing, before the children go back, we wanted to sing um, a little four-part. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why don't you stand? <laughs> stand with me. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, it's a little inside joke. If you don't know why we're laughing, you can talk to me later. Uh, but we are going to do kind of our go-to house church acapella. Right, which is not four-part harmony. But if you have harmony or you can sing harmony, I encourage you to do that. How many of you remember this Alpha and Omega song? We've done it before. <laughs> All right. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Sing that again. You are Alpha. you 
give. We give you anything else anybody else have a acapella song they'd like to sing yes no okay <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> you may be seated yeah um children you may go back with april at this time hallelujah God bless you as you go.
these, the voice that you heard on that um, is a Canadian uh, singer, songwriter, and chant writer. She's a chanter, and um, she, that was so beautiful. Um, I was just uh, taken with it when I was preparing for the service, and um, just present to this story uh, within which we embed ourselves, our life is a, um, as we are a people crossing through and crossing in and over thresholds. Um, I want to speak to you today about the blessing. Um, I think that this is going to be the beginning of a series. I'm not one for series, series. But um, blessing has made its way into um, our vocabulary. And I have been enlightened that we are, in fact, in the Bible Belt, where the word bless and blessing have taken on more of like a passive-aggressive, uh, you, you kind of understand what I'm thinking about. Shara uh, really helped me see this um, this week as I have been working with different groups um, throughout the week on the blessing and what that means for people when they hear it. For some, like let's think about it just in your regular daily life, you, someone sneezes and you, God bless you, or maybe not God, but just bless you, bless you. Um, someone does something sort of on the poor judgment side of things and you're around some nice Christian folks and so what do they say? Oh, well, bless their heart. Um, but you kind of know that they're not mean that. They don't really mean that. That's a lie, right? That's just a nice way to say, well, how, you know. Hmm. <laughs> If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And, um, and then to bless, also we can think that that's something we only get on occasion from God. That um, it's, it's said in another way that really hurts my heart, and that's when um, someone avoids a tragedy but somebody else is still going through that tragedy. And the, you'll hear the people say, well, but for the grace of God, well, then, you know, there, there go I. I'm just so blessed. And you kind of get this scratchy feeling in your heart, like, well, was God not with them, blessing them too? You know, like, why the delineation, how are you so blessed? Think about another way we use the word blessing, especially in what we would maybe call conservative Christian culture. Um, you can shout it out if you're thinking of something. 
I'm thinking of walking into a church and hearing somebody say, well, I'm too blessed. Yeah. <laughs> sort of meaning like what? Are you sort of on some different cloud, some different level than me? Because I'm like facing life, you know, and so if my life, the, the idea of our blessing, at least in this culture, is if my bills are paid, uh, kids are healthy, I'm healthy, I'm feeling happy, then I'm blessed? That can't be it, right? Because, so that's not it. So, um, so if you're sick, fighting disease, lights just got turned off, does that mean you're not blessed? So we're going to talk about blessing. All these questions that we have around blessing and what does it mean and what does it mean when we bless someone and what are the different ways that we can use it and why um, maybe even in uh, your church orthodoxy, um, the priest was the only one that could bless, right? We have... Um, yeah, because, right, like to bless the sacrament, to bless the Eucharist, to bless the whatever the case is. And so in kind of like this Catholic construct, we have this construct of, yeah, that one person, I see my Catholics, my former Catholics nodding. I, I, maybe you still identify as Catholic, all good. I, but you're nodding and going, yeah, there's one person appointed to bless. And, yeah. Then what about... Um, just kind of in regular conversation, just the, the regular language that we use, like, oh, um, Steve, the boss, blessed our project so we can go ahead and do it. What does that mean? It's like, we got his blessing. It means like we got the approval. We got the approval, yeah, he's ready, for, he's gonna stand by when we go over budget, he's still gonna, no, he probably won't be with you if you go over budget. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then um, what about when you're going to marry somebody? Yeah, what do you do? You want to get the, the blessing, yeah, from whoever, like, that person sort of is close to. And, and go and wait, and mother, is that what you said? <laughs> mother, you want to get a mother's blessing. But, yeah, you go way, way back. You want to get the father's blessing, right? Um, and then more modern, you want to get the people close to you. You want to get the blessing. Which means what? We're in harmony about this agreement. We're in harmony about this. I approve of this. Anybody thinking of something I haven't thought of about the blessing? Uh, yeah, so who can bless? What is blessed? What does blessed look like? And how would you know if you were? And the way this kind of spun up for me is last Sunday, last Sunday, I, my, I've been doing more of a practice of listening to my body and listening to what my body is saying, what my body is speaking. And last Sunday in the evening time, I have had, I got a new charcoal grill. <laughs> I've had only a gas grill for so many years and I got used to the gas grill and then some other things, it kind of finally 
fizzled out, and so I got a charcoal grill, and I'm just so excited about the charcoal. Um, I don't smell and taste. I haven't for three and a half years. So, but my wife and daughter said that it smells so good, and that the charcoal flavor on the on the meat and stuff and on the vegetables tastes really good. And I can just sense by looking at it that it's better than the gas grill. I mean, I can just tell that like I'm getting that crisscross on there that you don't really get um, from the gas grill. Maybe you can at times if the heat's up high enough. But anyway, this is not a message about charcoal. Um, but it is um, where it started for me is I was putting together the charcoal, you know, in the pile. And I began to listen to my body. And my body was like, you need to reset. Like, you need a reset. And I know, like, I knew what it meant for me that I wanted to fast. Like, I wanted to, um, like, starting to, you know, starting after this meal right here, how many know it's a good decision to decide to fast when you're full? <laughs> it's real easy to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go without food for a little while. Right. Make it when you're hungry and see. But I knew in my spirit, in my body, that I wanted to do that. I wanted a reset, and so I did. And I thought, okay, I'll just go Monday. I'll go from Sunday to midnight to go to Monday, and then by Tuesday morning I'll eat. Well, I got all the way through Monday morning, Monday afternoon. I was easy breezy. I was like, yeah, drinking water, lemon juice. I was trying to kick a sinus infection that had come in. And um, so I had oregano oil in my water. That's a natural antibiotic. I had oregano oil in there. I had um, grapefruit seed extract, GSM. Um, that also, 10 drops of that in your water. Um, public service announcement, just oregano oil, uh, grapefruit seed extract in that water and just drink it plus the lemon. And I should have got your water, Amber. I didn't even think about that. I should have got like a bunch of gallons of Amber's water. She got some like healing water at her house with a little machine that makes it perfectly pH balanced and all that stuff. Um, and so I was drinking through. I got up Tuesday morning and my body was like, let's do it again. Let's do the fast again. And I, and I was in agreement with that. Like, yeah, I want to do that. So I saw myself all the way through to the next morning, 24 hours later, thinking, oh, it's going to be so nice when I get to the next morning. I'm going to feel so good about myself. So that's what got me through, imagining the end before the beginning. Instead of saying, how am I going to get through this day, I just imagined what I was going to feel like on Wednesday when I have gotten through it, how good it was going to feel. And so that morning I was going around and, and um, opening up the windows opening up the drapes in our house. And as I opened up the drapes, I felt like just God saying, open up your heart to me. Open up your heart. And I would guess that I think that I have an open heart most days. But I really begin to internalize that. And I thought, what might you want to do with this empty vessel? What might you want to do with this open space? that I am creating because there's no food in here. The strange thing happens to your body when you don't put food in it. It gets strangely quiet. Your systems um, are all the time busy digesting all the things you put in it. And they're just doing their thing. And so there's a buzz in you. There's like a, just a buzz in it. And if you put any kind of altering substances in, there's even more of like this buzz kind of in you. And it's loud. It affects the mind. 
And so by Tuesday, I was feeling really open and quiet. And I was sleeping better at night. And my sinus infection was starting to go away. So, because I was pounding that oregano oil and the water and the lemon juice and the GSM, okay? And so I went through Tuesday night. And I thought, I'm just going to go through Tuesday night. I'm going to start eating on Wednesday. I'm just going to start eating again. I mean, that's what you do. And I got up on Wednesday morning, and my body was like, can we do it again? I was like, oh, the third day is always really hard. The third day, your body starts to betray you. The body that you were in cahoots with for Monday and Tuesday, by Wednesday, you cannot trust a thing that is happening with your body. You better stay close to the bathroom because your body's starting to release some things, release some toxins, right? Release and let go of some things. And you thought, well, I thought we already did that. I thought we released Monday and Tuesday. We've been doing this for 60 hours. How much more could be released? There's more. <laughs> There's more. Where that came from, there is more. And so we did that. And I did it, and I imagined on Thursday morning, that's what got me through. I said, oh, I'm going to feel so good on Thursday when I wake up. And so that's what got me through. That day I did have to take a little bit of chicken broth um, because I was so feeling so bad and weak. Um, so if you are being inspired by this fasting, please read about it. Please um, study about it, and please consult your doctor if you are, have never done it before and if you're on medication. You do not want to play around with that kind of thing. So definitely consult your physician and, um, and your Holy Spirit because if you and God are in agreement about doing something new to create some open space within yourself, um, it'll be a good thing for you. But if you go against the grain, it'll be hard for you. But I've learned that when you go in agreement with God, things can really turn out well. And so I begin to feel and sense and pray around this open space around the blessing and Wednesday night with the worship team we did an exercise where we sat around in a circle and we've been working together and building up the worship team with team building exercises and leadership training and a whole lot of sharing and connection time, that's what they're doing on Wednesday nights. Instead of uh, getting together to practice, they're getting together to practice spiritual stuff. Isn't that cool? And to get themselves together. Heidi, you might just want to, like, do you want to say anything about that, how good that has been? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just, like, what you guys are doing. So uh, what Bonnie said, we've been so we've been alternating every other week. One week we're singing, and one week we're having a, a leadership team building. It's a real talk time for us. It's a time for us to really connect and get to know each other, and it's been wonderful. And the the practice that we did on Wednesday of blessing one another was really good because Shara was able to share with us a different idea of what blessing might mean to some people. Because I know that I'm guilty of just automatically I'll say, oh, I want to bless you with this. Instead of really thinking about what that might mean. So kind of we changed the language a little bit, some of us. So we went around the circle 
And we were going to do everybody individually, but we decided that each one of us would bless the whole circle or I wish for you on everybody in the circle. It really brought us together. Um, I wish for you peace and I wish for you joy. And one person said, I wish for you internal, that you would know your wisdom deep within. And someone else said, I wish that you would know that you're enough. I wish that you would know that you belong. Things like that we were saying to one another. And, and what that's doing for the worship team is this core team of people that have been together for months and months and months. We're becoming so strong and solidified with each other in connection and in spirit that we are super excited when other people start to come in because they'll have a really good, strong foundation of a group to come into. So it's been really wonderful, and I'm super grateful to Bonnie for her leadership training and helping us. For your open hearts. Thank you. Oh, you. oh, that's another way to use it. You're a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And so thank you, Heidi, for sharing that because they are working hard just in a different way. And um, who takes that time to, and Hank even said as he was sitting around the circle with us on Wednesday, he's like, what worship band sits around and, and blesses each other, you know, with actual verbal, verbal blessings? And, um, and thinking and, and speaking from one's spirit, a proclamation. Um, yeah. And so last night, I was working on the message, working on the service, and um, overcame a text from Hank. And it was a really long text. And so I had to look at it twice, because usually I get long texts from Eve. How many get long texts from Eve and know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so I was like, Hank, does Eve have your phone? Um, and so the title of the text said, I want to bless you. And then in parentheses, it said, you created a monster. Because then what followed was this long blessing just for me a long blessing that he wrote just from his heart, just for me, for that night. It attended me throughout the night. It attended me in my dreams. He said something about how my dreams would be full of joyful play and love and peaceful oceans, and I was like, yes to that. I mean, yeah. And I took all of that and slept perfectly from 10 o'clock to 5 o'clock a.m. And, and right now, that's a miracle for me. So I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. And this morning, I was still wondering if this was the right direction to take us in this house because the premise, the kind of the impetus behind this is I want to create a culture of blessing. But I want us to use it wisely to understand what it means when you're blessed and to not only look at external factors. We are not to look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. The things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. And it's on that eternal dimension that you are blessed. Whether or not your bank account lines up with that fact. So we should not and I'm jumping ahead, but we should not be a culture that decides whether someone is blessed based on their health report, their financial status, their relationship status, their children coming in or out, 
blessing runs deeper than this. And I want to bring blessing back. I want to bring blessing back in its full strength. It occurred to me while I was fasting this week, and then as I very slowly introduced food, because when you're coming off a fast, please, dear ones, don't eat cheeseburgers. Sometime like the Foley's be eating cheeseburger after they fast, but ask them what happens to them when they eat a cheeseburger after they fast. Start with broth in Jesus' name. Start with broth and a little bitty carrot all mushed up or something. Just go slow. As I was thinking about this, and, you know, I've been talking about floating down the river and floating into transition and floating through you. And anybody that I've been counseling with, I've been telling you to love yourself is as easy as getting off the bank of that river and getting into the nicest float that you can find and love yourself down the river. It is as easy as that. Every single one of us has a, has a river flowing inside of us. And to get in that river is to love oneself and to tap into the love of another. I want to read a, an excerpt from John O'Donohue um, that I found especially helpful, especially with talking about thresholds, because I sense in this church that we are going into a different place. Like, there's a different mm, upon us. You know, the, mm, it's like things that worked during the winter are not working during the spring. Have you noticed how loud it is outside if you take a walk? Have you noticed that every single bug that Oklahoma has to offer you is now out and about? <laughs> Have you noticed that a couple weeks ago you could sit out on your porch and now you can't without calling mosquito control or whatever? It remains the dream of every life to realize itself, to reach out and lift oneself up to greater heights. A life that continues to remain on the safe side of its own habits and repetitions, that never engages with the risk of its own possibility, remains an unlived life. There is within each heart a hidden voice that calls out for freedom and creativity. Listen to me. We often linger for years in spaces that are too small and shabby for the grandeur of our spirit. When I read that sentence, I knew that this was upon us, that there is a voice calling to each and every one of us in this house to come out from among them, to come out of the small, and to step into the bigger. We often linger for years in spaces that are too small and shabby for the grandeur of our spirit, yet experience always remains faithful to us. Looking back along a life's journey, you come to see how each of the central phases of your life began at a decisive threshold. Oh man, this is so good. Where you left one way and entered into another way. There's some people in here that are leaving one way and entering into another way of being. A threshold is not simply an accidental line that happens to separate one region from another. 
It is an intense frontier that divides a world of feeling from another. A world of feeling from another. You heard me on, on River Day when I spoke about the float. You were one way, <laughs> and soon and very, you're another way. There is a, a grace in this house for transitions, and especially now. If you are wanting to take a step and you know it's there for you and you keep going around the same mountain and you never get off and you keep passing that exit, today is your day. There is a grace in this house. There's a blessing in this house for transitions. Crossing, oh, listen to this. Often, a threshold becomes clearly visible only once you have crossed it. Crossing can often mean the total loss of all you enjoyed while on the other side. It becomes a dividing line between the past and the future. More often than not, the reason you cannot return to where you were is that you have changed. You are no longer the one who crossed over. <laughs> it is interesting that when Jesus cured the blind man, he instructed him to not go back to the village. Having crossed the threshold into vision, come on, having crossed the th <laughs> threshold into vision, you can't not see what you see. You can't unknow what you know. When you cross over, you're not the same. You cross over from a whole world of how it used to be to a brand new frontier. <laughs> Having crossed the threshold of division, his life was no longer to be lived in the constructed mode of blindness. New vision meant new pastures. Today, many people describe themselves as being in transition. In a culture governed by speed, this is to be expected for the exterior rate of change is relentless. This transition can refer to relationships, work, location, and more significantly to the inner life and way of view in the world. The word transition seems to be pale, functional, almost inadequate and impersonal, and does not have the same intensity or psychic weight as perhaps the word threshold. Everybody just say threshold. Like I'm going over a threshold, man. And it's like not just a line, it's like a whole world. The word threshold was related to the grain and the husk, man. Like it was threshing the wheat, right? It was like on the mill, dude, like on the stone, like, like grinding that stone and putting, you know, getting the wheat, the grain out from the husk. It's the threshing floor. It's threshing this. It's like making this useful. It's like picking this up off the table. It looks so pretty. Now we're going to use this. Now it's going to be food for us. Oh, I love that idea. Because what once was tormenting you is now promoting you. I heard that this morning. What once was tormenting you and derailing you is now become the blessing that's catapulting you. That's the kind of transmutation that can happen in the spirit. When you start getting an inner life and an inner view that you are the blessed and that nothing and no one can actually remove that status from you, then your power then does not become in your push, but in your position. It comes in your position. 
because you are placed there in Christ. You were placed there as the blessed. See, Jesus functioned as your covenant representative. Back in old school days and in the, in the ways of culture, covenant, and all this kind of stuff, because if you should know this, the Bible is a covenant Bible. It's all based on covenant and blood. You can't get away from it. You just can't. It's just what it is, okay? The Bible is about covenant. And so when Jesus comes and steps into that story, he becomes the covenant representative, the high priest, because anyone that was the high or the head of the household or head of the clan, head of the tribe, that name was the name that everybody got because that was the Lord of the clan. That was the Lord of the tribe. So when you become spiritually grafted into the clan of God, into the clan of Christ, Jesus becomes your Lord. What does that mean? To lord over you? No. To be oppressive on you? No. To count your moral sins? No. It means to give you the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should, what, bow and accept? Yes, yes, I'm in on this. It means you start with an A+. You don't start with an F like they're doing to kids these days. Hate that crap. It's like you check the report card. They got a C. I said, baby, I thought you got all this stuff. Well, we start with a zero. We got to work up from there. What in the world? Give your kid an A+, just like the Lord does. The Lord calls you and starts you blessed. That's just the reality of it. That's why he's the covenant representative. Oh, his name, I'm with him. I'm, I'm having what he's having. I'm with him. I identify as him. That's why you're called a Christian. If you can still abide with that word, when you know what it means, you can abide with it just fine. It's not a political term. Thank you, air conditioner. It's not a political term. It's just not. No. It's mean of the anointing. Of the anointed one, I am anointed. Of the blessed one, I am blessed. Remember when Jesus came up out of the water and, and God, God is, is shown as saying, this is my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And we know that we identify and are represented in him. So we, that means that everything that God said about Jesus, God says about you. Yeah. So we're in this threshold way that this threshold, you know, this could be when you first decide to believe what God says about you. That could be a threshold moment in your life. When you first believe that God's opinion of you is better than the opinion of your mama. When you first believe that God's opinion of you never changes. That you're blessed. If you want to really read where all these blessings came on, you go over back into the, back up in here, all the way back there, and it's in Deuteronomy. You can read a whole list, and I'll show you that. You can read a whole list of where these blessings came in, and that's what Jesus was stepping inside of that story and coming and causing to fulfill all the things that they were scared they were going to lose. Everything that they thought was only for a select few, they learned that God plays no favorites. And in Christ, all are included in the blessing. In Christ, all are included in the blessing. In Christ, all are included in the blessing. It's a new threshold. To cross a threshold is to leave behind the husk <laughs> and arrive at the grain. Oh my God, this is so, so cool. There is no distance in spiritual space. This is what blessing does. It converts distance into spiritual space. 
It is as though the very idea of blessing was designed for the traveler who is still far from home. So imagine this with me. The traveler who is still far from home, because I'm teaching you how you're going to be able to use blessing in your everyday life, in your everyday ordinary encounters. Some of the tranquility and completion of the destination itself sets out to approach and embrace the one who is still a long way off. The approach of blessing is reminiscent of the father who is at the door looking out, waiting for the return of the prodigal son. The lovely phrase is, while he was yet a long way off. On the journey, the pilgrim will have to traverse thresholds that will test every conviction and instinct. It is especially at such thresholds that the plenitude of blessing is needed. On our farm in the winter, John O'Donohue writes, we put the cattle out on the mountains into the winterage. There the grass has been preserved all year. Even in the worst of weather, in frost and snow, the cattle still have fresh fodder. Because the landscape is bleak, there is little shelter. Every so often out there, one notices semicircular walls. The cattle know them well. These are the sheltering walls. When winds and storms blow up, similarly, when you invoke a blessing, you are creating a sheltering wall, a rest and peace around a person. Ultimately, nothing need be deemed negative if embraced rightly. So much depends not on how awkward destiny is, but rather on how openly it is embraced. This is what the sheltering wall of blessing can enable. I don't want to continue giving you too much because I want to keep on this for a couple of weeks, and I want us to practice this idea of blessing. I want to tell you that you can bless yourself, and you can bless the ones you love not just with a gift or a token of gratitude or a thoughtful um, experience, but you can, like Hank did for me last night, set an intention, set a blessing, set a, an, a, um, a proclamation over someone. And I like this idea that it can happen while you're still a long way off. Someone can call you to wholeness. Someone can call you to integration. Someone can call you to healing, even when your body says you're sick. Someone can call you to your destiny, even when you have to check in to the cubicle tomorrow morning. Someone can call you to that relationship harmony, even when you're on the brink. Of disaster. Someone can call you. See, this works. You don't have to say what you see. You can bless them with what you know. Every person has an account, has an account in Christ. And if you know how to tap into that account, you can give them more of a blessing than what they're currently receiving. Everyone has it. 
That's how I, as a pastor, go into hospital rooms and go into places where things seem bleak and depressed and dead and over. I see an account like a little cartoon bubble over every head. And I go, I'm going to access that. Whether you say it's true or not, I know it's true about you. So I come in and I say, I see the light of God on you. I see the health of the Lord on you. I speak healing mercies over your bones and over your muscles. I'm speaking to those organs that they would live. That's a blessing because you're not lying about it. You're speaking what you know. We're no longer looking at what we see to see if someone's blessed. We're just looking to what we know, and we're calling it forth in them while they're still a long way off. I say yes to that. I say yes to that. During the pandemic, we used to go to the river, to Riverside, over and over again uh, with Beckett and, and Tamara, and we'd be on the, on the river and, uh, you know, jogging or walking, whatever we were doing. And one particular morning, um, we, I was walking alone. I guess Beckett and Tamara had gone up ahead or behind. And there came this, um, this beautiful couple walking toward me, um, a really elderly couple. And they were going rather slow, and the, the woman was coming first. And, and as we passed, she said, God bless you. And I said, thank you. And uh, maybe you too. I was probably nice. I said, you too, or something. And then, um, and then as I got to the, her uh, male companion, he said, so she said, God bless you. And then he said, God bless you now and your whole day. And I was like, yes, I want that. Like, I want that blessing. Like, yes. That gave me chills. It gave me, it stuck with me. It's why we say at the end of Zoom services, God bless you this hour and every hour of your day. That's where I got that, was from that guy who took his wife's blessing and just upped it. <laughs> I mean, because when somebody says, like, God bless you, okay, cool, but God bless your whole, I mean, and he drew out whole, like it had five syllables. God bless your whole day. And I said yes to that. Because you see, in 1 Corinthians 2 and 2, Jesus said, Jesus' mind is fully made up about you. God's mind is fully made up about you. God has pronounced you blessed. Whether or not your life circumstances would indicate or witness to that fact, you are blessed. So let us create a culture in this house where we call that out for one another. Yes, I, and, and what did Hank say earlier today? Yes, I validate your feelings. Yes, what you're feeling is real. Yes, it's tragic. Yes, I grieve with you. It is right to know what time it is. It is good and it's wisdom to know what time it is. When someone is weeping, is now is not the time to say, but now, now you're blessed. See, that's where we got off on all that stuff. You weep with them. You weep with those who weep. You mourn with those who mourn. You laugh with those who laugh. As, as a minister and as a witness to the beloved. But then when you start to get settled up into it, remind them that they're the blessed of the Lord and that that blessing comes from their covenant representative that has nothing to do with them. They're just blessed. Yeah, so call them from a long way off. Let us try to strip our language of the ways that we use blessing as passive-aggressive. Let us try to strip our language of that and use blessing as a sacred word. Would you guys want to do that with me? And try to do that with one another. And maybe you text one another this week or say to one another in this house today, I want to bless you. And then from that well on the inside, 
you speak a word of living water. Amen. I want to see if we can um, try that. Would you guys want to do that a little bit before we go into it? So this is going to be part of interactive worship. Um, you don't have to participate, of course. Always this is um, this is always uh, optional. But I'm just curious if anybody has a little testimony or a little blessing that they want to share, something that might be bubbling up within you that, um, would you help me with that laptop? Thank you. Um, that you might want to share with the house. I have one already. I have a plant in the house. Hank, would you share what you were telling me at the beginning of that blessing? Uh, and some of my old school um, Christian people that know um, scriptures about, you know, um, all your in Christ scriptures, like I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out and blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the basket, da 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 da. Yeah, he didn't like that kind of blessing. Um, one of the other ones is you're more than a conqueror. Have you ever heard that scripture that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus? It's kind of like that old military framework for the scriptures, but you, you kind of get what it's talk, talking about. Thank you, thank you. Hi. Uh, so, conquerors have to be trained to take what's not theirs. They start when they're young, in the military or whatever, they learn how to fight. They learn how to defend themselves. A Christian conqueror. We always want to be conquerors, right? Because we win, right? In the name of Jesus, we always win. And that makes us conquerors, but we're actually more than conquerors because what a conqueror does is a conqueror steals what's not theirs. And then once they're expended all the energy to steal what's not theirs, they got to expend more energy to keep what they stole. But see, being more than a conqueror, you don't have to train because we have been made more than a conqueror. That's who we are. That's how we are built. That is who we have become. Something that doesn't have to fight, but somebody that only has to show up. Somebody that only has to recognize that the battle is already won. Who fights a battle that they don't have to fight? You fight it for fun? No. You fight it just for the heck of it? No. When you realize, and there's a threshold in between being a conqueror and being more than a conqueror, and that threshold is the awareness that you have already won. And there is no battle to fight. So let us bless. Let Be blessed with that, that as we cross over this, fresh, this threshold, that it is, it is something that we don't have to expend energy for. We don't have to get in the mood for and put on the full armor of Christ and the shield of faith and all that stuff because we have already been made that and all we have to do is know in our hearts and receive in our hearts that the battle is already won and then those spoils, the spoils of that war when you walk into a territory that already belongs to you because you don't need to conquer something that already belongs to you but you just step into the blessing that was already given to you and then receive that and all of those spoils last forever. Last forever. Thank you. Yeah. And all of the riches and the gifts are already within you. 
That's the kind of stuff. So you're not going out anywhere and taking or stealing from anybody else. There's a generosity that comes from that. You're more than conqueror. So you can go off and act a fool. I'm still going to keep my joy. I'm still going to keep my peace because you didn't try to keep, but you didn't take anything from me. I'm already more than a conqueror. I'm already self-contained. I'm walking from glory to glory to glory. That's a blessing culture. That's a blessing culture. That's a blessing culture. That's a blessing culture. Just because someone takes something doesn't mean that that's all that there was. We got to get out of this scarcity thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of the scarcity thinking. Anybody have anything they want to share? You don't have to come up here. It doesn't have to be all tight like more than a conqueror Hank. It can just be a little testimony or. Bless yourself. Yes, we are the blessing. Yeah, yeah. Dig deep. Yes. You know, like, that's cool. Blessing culture, blessing culture. Amber, you have anything? Okay. Serena, you have anything? Okay, yeah. All right, cool. Anybody have anything? Katie? Anything you all want to say? Meredith? Meredith? Any other Merediths in the house? Need to say anything? that you are uh, blessed is walking every day into a prison situation with people that have so many struggles in life and you can't help but know how very blessed you are like you said whether the bank account's full or it's empty whether the car's broke down or it's running <laughs> you're blessed like you are so extremely blessed and I say it all the time in my prayer. I say, thank you for all the things I don't even know. <laughs> thank you for all the blessings I don't even realize that I walk in every single day and I don't even realize. Thank you for all of that. 
Thank you for who you are and who you make me. Because I am you here. And that's what I try to remind myself every single day as I walk in. Walk in who you really are. Because that's the light that every single person needs. The grocery store, wherever you're at, every day, every hour, it's all of us together. Creating blessing culture. Blessing culture. Yes, 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 yes. Anybody have any praise or anything they want to share just to, just to, for the sake of sharing? It doesn't have to be an exhortation or anything. But I want us this week to try on being a blessing. Yeah, try on. Yeah, I'm blessed you're here. <laughs> We're blessed to have you here. Yeah, go ahead, Joy. Stand up and do it, birthday girl. Okay. That is so true. To be a blessing to someone else. The children have joined us back in. Say, welcome back, kiddos. You're just in time for bread and juice for communion. Hallelujah. Why don't we go ahead and stand together? Blessing culture blessing culture. So during interactive worship, you have a few ways that you can participate. Um, you know, you can put a candle on the cross, light a candle, say a prayer, stand around, watch the light flow out from that cross. You can write yourself a note um, over there with the journaling cards, stick it in the box, and it's there for you for the next time that you would like to, to read it. You can put a rock into the water vase, and what that just simply means is that you're laying something down today, maybe something that you want to change in your own lexicon of the way that you create your world, and that you want to do something different with your language, that you want blessing to be your culture, and that you're going to show up as a blessing. And we're going to talk more about this so that you can really feel that regardless of circumstances, you are the blessed of the Lord and what we mean when we say that. Um, and then, of course, communion gluten-free, prepackaged, and the, um, I think it's Hawaiian Jesus today. And um, so come and take this last because we will take this together. So do all of the other things that you want to do first. Maybe you want to sit and contemplate. Maybe you want to sit and just um, think about what this means for you. And maybe you have somebody in mind that you want to bless with your words. It doesn't have to cost you anything but your ego. That's it. It only costs you your ego. All right. Well, Hank, if you would raise up some music, if you have any music to raise up, and let's keep this atmosphere an atmosphere of blessing and grace as we all need to contemplate and process what's happening here today. Go ahead and come. God bless you as you come. Please remain quiet. No conversations happening at this time. <laughs> 